Hello everybody, my name is Daniel Flame, and I am a fan of feminists who frequently fight for fancy fragrances. Today I am going to talk about anime, just letting you know right off the bat. We're going to talk about anime, but it's going to be a versus match. Ooh, I'm going to break down uh, two anime and explain why, even though both of them are very similar, one is vastly superior than the other one. Uh, this is not something that I hold up for discussion. This isn't a inner debate. No, I think one of them is good. The other one is bad. Well, not bad, but it's just it's lacking. Majorly lacking in a concept that they're both uh, similar to. Uh, the two anime that I picked are Trigun and Roroni Kenshin. Uh, give you a brief summary of basically both things. Uh, Roroni Kenshin is an anime about Imura the Potosai, uh, the manslayer during the Meiji era in Japan's revolution, where he basically slaughtered a bunch of people. And he's known for having a cross-shaped scar and actually looking for rather young. And the story itself is about his redemption or his journey after all of the killings that he did and facing the consequences that he had to, that he's going to have to come to grips with from the backlash of what he did in order to change the world in terms of uh, and how he saw it uh, for the better. And this, in fact, uh, affects the people that he meets, the um, friends that he makes, his life in general, all for all because of his past deeds that he then swears off. So even though he's a master swordsman and is capable of killing like crazy, uh, he actually swears off killing after he's done with the revolution and he walks around carries a reverse blade sword so that way he can't do harm. And then he spends his time actually helping people with um, his sword skills rather than killing people. So he saves lives instead of takes them. Trigun is an anime about uh, about Vash the Stampede. It's a man who has a 60 billion double dollar bounty. I know that sounds made up. It is made up. But in that world, that's a lot. He's possibly the most wanted, the most wanted man. The world itself takes place on a desert-type planet uh, where humans have actually migrated to this planet in order to live. Everything is kind of set in a western tone and area. Uh, where this man actually goes around with incredible gunslinging skills. Now, he's capable of killing, but he does not. And he actually uses his skills and abilities to help people rather than kill people. But he is, like, the reason he has such a high bounty is because he is wanted for the extinction of an entire town full of people where millions were killed, and he's the sole, uh, he, he was the sole survivor. So he takes the blame for killing all those people. And the anime itself is just him traveling around trying to just help just help people whenever he can and wherever he's needed. Now that's that's just the bulk of the story. I can't get really don't want to get into detail like you know exactly character conflicts to the bad guys, the whole all the shabanga bang. Um but I will get into this. Both stories are about characters who basically um, swear off killing 
or just don't condone killing in order and then use their skills which would in a particular fashion if they were to just kill people they would end the match immediately but instead use their skills to just fight their opponents or help people without needing to kill now with this aspect both animes are incredibly popular if you don't know anything about them i suggest you go watch their animes they're actually really really good both of them but in the wake and the, the goodness of this contest, Trigun is actually a far superior um, story about a man who's not willing to kill than Kenshin, uh, than a Ruroni Kenshin. And I'm about to break down why. Let's see, who's gonna start with first? Uh, I'm gonna start with uh, Trigun first. Now, one of the main aspects of Trigun that basically sets it apart, and to me it makes it vastly superior to Roroni Kenshin as an anime, is that Roroni Kenshin's manga was an ongoing, was um, a very lengthy manga, and it actually um, delved into a lot of killings and murders and stuff like that, because they were dealing with samurais who were akin to that stuff during that time and everything like that and it's like if you read the manga it's totally different from the anime but I'm talking about the anime okay so with that being said when the anime went where it went it basically had the problems that a lot of anime face where essentially they have filler episodes or certain things are stretched out for no particular reason because they essentially either catch up to the manga or the manga story itself isn't finished or they just kind of do whatever they want Roroni Kenshin suffered greatly because of this, especially considering the fact that the anime itself ended on a sour note um, that really had made no sense in the grand scheme of everything that was going on with Roroni Kenshin. It was kind of just a tacked on little added thing, and essentially you find out that it's, it basically is just one big filler. So that's a huge thing that was messed up. Trigun, on the other, on the other hand, is a 24-26 episode anime, and it's and it, it is all done. Roni Kenshin has a bunch of episodes. Damn near like 90, 100 or something like that. Uh, Trigun is 24. Like 24 or 26. I want to say 26. Uh, and that's it. Now, even though Roni Kenshin has way more content, Trigun is a much better anime. Be, not because of its short status, but because of the fact that it essentially gets to the point of everything that's going on. There is no lengthy stretch out of everything. The story itself is just one linear story that's supposed to be told, and then that's the end of it. Moroni Kenshin, on the other hand, has multiple arcs that all are a part of different things, and a part of things that are uh, a part of different moments that have just spawned from past or recent events in order to further push on the anime's uh, length, which essentially, which basically Trigun did not need to do. Um, it kind of kind of didn't have a really didn't have a chance to do that, but considering the fact, like, like Trigun bomb when it came out in Japan and everything like that, but just bear with me, you know, <laughs> it didn't need that overall for the story, because once it, the way how it ended was a very fine conclusion for the anime, while as Roni Kenshin, because they, because they kept trying to push the link, actually uh, went against it in its favor. So that's one reason. The second reason, um, Trigun had 
had a very complex story that was very deep, well-written, with amazing characters, all while building a very amazing world, you know? Uh, it did not heavy-handedly let you know exactly what was going on. You're thrown into the, into the mix of it, and you're just given a nice uh, blank slate in terms of how this world works. And once you establish everything from the very first episode, you kind of get a feel of exactly what type of ride you're in for when you're seeing the anime. Baroni Kitchen, on the other hand, takes place in feudal Japan. This by no means is a negative on Baroni Kitchen's part. The negative is the fact that it takes place in feudal Japan and you're supposed to get a sense of the realism and the danger from these characters who are more, more or less, you know, realistic type people. And much like Trigun, you get ridiculous embellishments. Um, characters that are above and beyond big or tall and grandiose and stuff like that. But Trigun actually handles it a lot better than Roy Kenshin because Trigun takes place in a futuristic in a futuristic dystopia. Roni Kenshin, on the other hand, is supposed to take place in feudal Japan. The technological wonders and the shit like that that goes on with Roni Kenshin basically are stuff that are just, just make-believe. And it's like, there's no way that something like that can exist during this time. Trigun, on the other hand, is in a far distant future where the machinery and around robotics and stuff like that would allow you for that realism and everything of what's going on. Yes, it's all embellished and crazy and fake and whatnot, but just bear with you. That's just... Um, Again, it's not a negative on Roni Kitchen's part, but I'm just giving a point to Trigun for the fact that theirs is far more believable, a believable concept to have such embellished characters rather than Roni Kitchen just basically, you still remember that it's in feudal Japan and these are regular people, but then the shit that they do is like superhuman stuff that's just not realistic. <laughs> While in Trigun, the first episode has a guy who throws a boomerang that is attached to like a winch that it connects to his arm and he has robotic parts all throughout his back and everything. And even though everywhere you go you see dirt houses and saloons and stuff like that that you would see in the Wild West, you still have that futuristic sense added on to it. There's gunslinging involved and you know duels and like that, like pistol shootings and whatnot, but it does still have that futuristic dystopian feel to it. So that's that's a plus to me. Um, because that, yeah, that, that's, a, that's another plus to me from Roni Kenshin. Now, Roni Kenshin, a uh, major, major fl um, flaw is that Roni Kenshin, uh, well, not major, major. This is actually, this is a, a great flaw of Roni Kenshin that essentially is never... Um, it's never really uh, addressed or fixed once it's um, established. And that is you have a main character who essentially, uh, even though he's sworn off killing and now changed his ways in order to uphold his new beliefs of not using his sword for killing, has multiple moments within the series where that's something that is easily um, swayed away. There are multiple times within Ronin Kenshin series where even though this man swore off killing, it just takes a little nudge to make him snap and just want to kill people. Uh, it doesn't take a lot, 
they're the moments themselves are kind of built up as if it's this big um, drawback moment to where it's like, oh no, he's he done flipped the sword on its blade, so he's gonna murder somebody. Oh no! And and the shock and awe because of it is taken away simply because of the fact that it's just added on as if now he's serious. Now he's fighting for real because he's trying to kill. And it takes away greatly from the character who supposedly is supposed uh, who supposedly has these skills and has this new belief that he no longer needs to kill. Now, for the namesake of the action that goes on in the story, yes, it is always cool when his his eye color changes, you see how serious it is, the way how he speaks changes, he returns back to Himura the Batosa, and you get to see a glimpse of the skills that everyone fears him for, the reason that all these rumors that you hear about him, because you're introduced to the character after the wake of him being Himura the Batosa, so all that you know and that you see is just this goofy samurai guy with a reverse blade, but when he does get serious and he does actually fight, you then get to see you know, this, this battle-scarred person who's just quick on the draw and is known for just slaying enemies and stuff like that. So, for the context of the show, yes, it's a relevant issue. But for the namesake of having someone who now has newfound ideals, a new way of life, and a new path to life, which is the overall message of the anime, you know, is that you don't need to kill to be able to solve your problems. This is, is a incident where you got like police are bullying people in Roni Kenshin and they get the entire town to join in saying like Kenshin's a good guy you can't arrest him for the crimes he committed during a war it was a war and and it's like and then he's smiling and he's happy because he thought everyone was afraid of him because of his past but when everyone found out they were cool with it because they got to learn exactly how nice of a guy he was regardless of his past but the rest of the but then like immediately afterwards in the anime you know a guy attacks him and then he's like, I'm going to kill your friends if you don't fight me. And then he gets serious and he tries to kill the guy. And he's like, oh, so, you know, <laughs> like he couldn't stick to the guns or whatever. And it, But it's like, it's not that it's something that happens once. It happens multiple times. There's multiple incidents where it just takes a little push to knock him over the edge. Where a gen generally it either involves someone dying or someone getting killed or someone being threatened to be killed in front of him which makes him snap and want to kill. So it been it would have been different if it was an incident if it were incidents that only took place every now and again, but they're far too frequent and when they do happen, it really is overshadowed by the fact that later in the end it just reveals that he didn't even need to go that far in order to defeat this opponent. He still could have stuck to his guns or morals and chose not to kill, which he eventually does cuz he just snapped out of it anyway. So you see while as in Trigon, the entire anime revolves around him not killing. And this is something that is true to the anime all throughout the entire anime. He does not purposely kill. He is actually not capable of harming anyone. He is a very gentle person who uses his gunslinging skills to just help people. Not There's never moments in Trigon where... Someone gives him the ultimatum of, I'll kill you if you don't do this or whatnot. And he doesn't falter. He sticks to what he does. He finds clever ways to go about fixing the situation. Uh, 
behind Trigon is that regardless of how desperate and dangerous the situation is, there's there was never a point in Trigon to where someone was able to push him that far to force him to go against his creed and his code. And seeing as how you know that he wouldn't willingly do it uh, without some, like just he wouldn't willingly do it in all of these desperate situations. When they do finally give him an ultimatum in Trigun, which happens much later throughout the anime, it's such a heart-wrenching moment because all he has to do to save some people is just kill somebody. But it's something that you've been watching in this anime, he has always tried to not do. And when pushed into a corner to where he can't do any other solution, he does kill and it destroys him. It, it literally destroys him. Like everything that he's sworn to do, everything that he vowed to do, all of his preachings, all of his teachings, everything that he's ever done is immediately taken away from him as someone forces his hand to kill. And then it's made even worse because the person who makes him do it is the person who knows him better than anyone, which is his uh, his older, which is his older brother Knives, who I'm gonna get into later. But that aspect of um, Trigun, even though, yes, it does have a moment where the main character snaps and he does take a life, unlike Rurouni Kenshin, where he actually refrains from killing people throughout all of Rurouni Kenshin. In Rurouni Kenshin, the issue is the fact that there are way too many moments where someone pushes him over the edge and you're supposed to be taken serious, like, the situation is supposed to be taken serious because, oh, he just might kill this guy, but he never does. So then as the more they keep doing it, the less it becomes something to worry about because you always know the end result is going to be that he's going to find a way out of this. While as in Trigun, multiple moments where it's like, you know, if you just shoot this guy, you end this whole problem. But you see him get a creative way to go about changing the situation or to go about helping these people, doing things that out, outside the norm that you wouldn't think someone with his skills and gunslinging is capable of doing. When that person is finally put in a situation where he has to kill in order to save lives, in order to ensure the safety of innocence, he has to take away the life of someone. And, it, and to see the aspect of how bad that inflicts and how much pain that causes him makes it a far more impactful and powerful moment. While as Roroni Kenshin is just, oh no, he's Himorobatosa again, nothing gonna happen. <laughs> like, and, and every time, and it was like, yes, cool fight scene, awesome swordplay and everything. Nothing gonna happen. <laughs> and it's like, no, no matter what. And it was like, oh no, this guy's like scared for his life. He's like, I didn't know he was this fast. And he just might kill him. Nothing gonna happen. But in Trigun, when it happened, literally everything about it was just heart-wrenching. You, you saw him screaming and crying, begging, please don't do this, doing everything he possibly can. And the guy's sole mission was just that he was made and he was created just to force him to kill him in order to ensure the pain that he would receive in his heart from doing that act and there was no talking with this person there was no convincing him nothing he just he had to do it made it a far more powerful impactful reason and a far more um important aspect of the character uh, to even come to grips with that decision in them, the situation that he was forced in, in order to live out the rest of his life. Even though he's taken the life, something he swore never to do, to see him 
to see it break him as well as how he builds himself back up to continue on with his life is all in Trigun and it makes it that much sweeter of a story in an anime to watch. Now then, let's talk about people or characters in their anime. Now, Trigun and uh, Roni Kitchen, they basically fit typical uh, anime standards where you got people who join them on, uh, people who join them in there rousing a hilarious romp through the world in which they are pestered at first and you know the, the, the typical I want to be left alone because I cause problems by people even though I like people but being around me causes bad stuff to happen so I don't try to get close but I do want companionship I do I wish somebody I'm so lonely <laughs> they both they both have that they both have that and um, when you have an anime that has characters like that or have any story of characters like that the companions that are brought on typically come on as um, people who are traveling for the namesake of being around the character or they're interested in the character or like they're supposed to follow the character or they have to follow the character or things like that um Trigun gives Vash insurance salesman. A hilariousness to the beginning of um, in the beginning of Trigun, because he's known for decimating towns or causing ruckuses everywhere, he's actually followed by two ladies who sell insurance. And they're after him to kind of get him to to either get people to write claims for their insurance company or to essentially uh, get him to stop his actions so the insurance company that they work for won't have to constantly pay for all the damages that he does because he's just causing so much record and damage. And then they see for him for themselves whether or not it's actually all his fault or is it just like embellished statements. Is Vash the Stampede even real? And uh, you know, and that's just basically how they start and trickle down his companions that grow from there and whatnot. And Roni Kitchen, he's basically a wanderer stumbles upon an incident where someone's using his name well that's how the story begins someone's using his name and killing he stumbles upon him and tries to stop them because using his name and killing and everything like that is bad and then from there he then decides to stay with Karu and, and in staying with Karu he then actually finds himself a makeshift home where he's actually able to be happy and most of the adventures and incidents that happen are because his fame is recognized and people now know a location where they can find him, tend to go after him, and then he interacts with them, and then he's kind of just fighting people, or uh, just simply helping out people around the way uh, in the area and whatnot. It's leading to bigger and better fights uh, while he's staying with Kaoru. <laughs> and that typically is fairly ridiculous. Uh, one of the reasons is that, considering that his notoriety causes people to want to come after him or to want to fight him and things like that, him willfully putting people in danger, which again coincides with the fact that now he has people who are used as hostages that people kidnap all the time um, and force him to fight. And he's like, if you want to fight me, we'll kill this person. So you got to come fight me. Oh no, I gotta go fight him. And then it's like, oh no, he might be a manslayer. You know, that, that shit all connects because it's just rinse and repeat of the same story. While as with Trigun, you have a character who's constantly wandering 
the insurance girls actually lose them. Uh, for the most part, in the beginning, try gun, they actually don't even know if he's bumping. Uh, they actually don't even know if he's the real fashion stampede for a while. Um, and at the same time, he's never willfully trying to put people in danger because he's staying in one spot. It's just his love for people puts him in a situation where someone will just grab a random passerby or whatnot and threaten his life. Or uh, it'll be someone, it'll be like a quick little person that he meets who helps him out in this particular situation. Uh, and then sometimes the insurance girls aren't even relevant or apparent to the story, which makes, uh, which is another reason to like Trigon at the same time. But the situation itself is that this man would get into these situations regardless of the companions that he has around him. Vash is just someone who collects trouble. He's known for sniffing out trouble. Him just wanting to go from one place to another place doesn't, doesn't not come with, doesn't not, double negative. It, it comes with its own deal of problems. <laughs> just because he's trying to go from this place to this place doesn't mean this thing isn't like he's him getting on it like there's a episodes where he gets on a sand steamer and he's just trying to go to another town and that sand steamer gets robbed that has nothing to do with anyone looking for him or anything like that he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time and essentially most of Vash's, um most of trigun revolves around him just being in the wrong place at the wrong time but him being the right man for the job and then it just increases his variety and more people are talking about Vash's Stampede and things like that. And that that's just, that's that whole chestnut. Moroni Kenshin, on the other hand, he's in one standalone spot. Everyone knows that he's here. He has a slew of people who hate him and wish to kill him and would go by any means necessary to get their revenge. And the man chooses to stay into one location. There are multiple times in Roni Kenshin where he decides that maybe it's a good idea for me to leave. And then because of his companions going, we don't want you to go, we're like a family. Then he decides to stay. And then a new arc ushers in where there's a character who threatens someone's life or is forcing his hand because they're like, if you don't do this, I'll kill one of your friends, forcing him to do something. And it's a rinse and repeat cycle that happens over and over and over again. While Trigun's story is a uh, legit wanderer going from place to place solving problems with his skills and then basically his past catching up to him no matter how no matter how far he tries to run eventually his past catches up with him and that's a far more complex and amazing story to tell especially in the terms of um fitting within the confines of him being a lone gunslayer uh, gunslinger as well as a uh, with the, the aspect of the, uh, the, the world and like the, what, what the world builds up and lets you know about uh, Vashti Stampede in Trigon or essentially how the worlds themselves are established or how things are actually progressing. The small little tidbits that you get for the overall main story that come in in pieces throughout all of uh, Trigon actually make it far more compelling and far more interesting. While as Roni Kitchen is just once this arc is over with, eh, that's whatever. Now a new arc, okay, who got kidnapped? Somebody. <laughs> and then, it's, then it ends with, oh no, he's serious. Is he gonna kill him? Nah, nothing gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> but needless to say, again, Roni Kitchen is not bad. It just has a lot 
in order to convey a certain thing. Like Ronin. Ronin means lone samurai. It's a samurai basically without a master. It's someone who has served under someone, but now no longer does. And typically Ronin were people who just went from place to place looking for somewhere to rest. So that fits within the title of the story, you know, Ronin Kenshin. He's trying to find a home where he can finally be at peace. But the thing is, is that they constantly have this character just seem ignorant to his own past and his own, uh, his own, his own, uh, shortcomings in order to just want to be at peace whereas like you kind of don't get the luxury to be at peace because of all the blood you spill the man literally has the has the uh nickname manslayer for a reason <laughs> hell even when they do movies of Ronnie kenshin they're typically always about someone getting revenge over someone he killed that's that's generally it <laughs> it's just they make a random person that he possibly that he killed at one point in time and then someone's trying to get revenge for him killing that person that's it that's that's all there is and it's and it's it's generally sad because uh, there's nothing more to Roni Kenshin now again the anime the manga is fairly different but still the same uh, honestly but just just minor tweaks that make it a lot better of a read than the, uh, the anime would be a watch, Essentially, especially with um, the fillers that are cut out. Uh, the, the fillers of Rony Kenshin are some of the most ridiculous fucking things you'll ever see in an anime. Like, my favorite is it's one with a train, and the man gets on a horse, and the horse is just bomb. Like, the horse jumps on a log on a river, stands perfectly still while he's sword fighting people. It's, it's the greatest thing you'll ever see. It's better than Hinata fighting a giant bee on Naruto. It's it's the dope filler. <laughs> I, I highly recommend anyone watching it. Because it's such a dope filler. But I digress. Now I'm getting into... Uh, now with Ronin Kenshin and uh, Trigon, like I, I've expressed the detailed reasons as to why I really don't uh, care for them and whatnot. But there is one thing, Kyle, that I've failed to recognize, Kyle, that is a huge problem, Karu, 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 Karu in Roni Kitchen is the main female protagonist. She typically basically becomes the woman that Kitchen loves and he marries at the end of Roni Kitchen. She has to be single-handedly one of the most annoying fucking anime characters that has ever existed. Her entire existence is pointless outside of the initial contact with Kenshin that leads him to stay at her house and then just makes her his love interest because they spent so much fucking time together and then I guess he had to fall in love with her. No reason outside of the fact that they spend an exorbitantly large amount of time together and that he lives in her house. Is there any other justification as for him to fall in love with her or for them to get married? Fucking ridiculous. Kaoru is pointless. She's a character that is constantly around and bombards the main character with just rid ridiculous, meaningless tasks. And I say that because essentially 
most of the time things happen or transpire because it's Karu's fault. She gets kidnapped. She decides that she doesn't want to speak up about a situation because she decides that she wants to say something. They go on this long, arduous um, thing between both characters to where he's feeling sad because he doesn't know how she feels and she feels sad because she doesn't know how to tell him how she feels. Stupid shit like that. Now, in the wake of Roni Kenshin, you might think, I mean, that's just anime stuff, Daniel. No. In the wake of Roni Kenshin, it typically is in a, in a regular shonen fashion. There's fights, there's battles, there's things like that that happens all the time. There's a multitude of characters that basically revolve around the main character. Different things are introduced, different stuff happens. The fact that Kaoru, at the center of all the bullshit that goes on in his life, is a constant, is incredibly annoying. Like I said, Trigun has had multiple incidents where the insurance girls, who are basically the main female protagonists that appear in Trigun, don't typically, they're not typically in every episode. Most incidents that involve him don't have them in it. Sometimes, like, they're, they're two-part episodes where it's, there's a big deal or a big, like, thing that's happening between Vash and some type of enemy or something crazy going on, and they're not present. And then they're unaware of the action, so when they meet him and then in the fallout of whatever happened, he doesn't have to explain anything to them. He doesn't explain anything to them. But they understand that he obviously went through some shit because of the fact that he's Vash the Stampede, you know? And it's beautiful that they have stuff like that. There, There's multiple moments where these girls are just unaware of the life that he's lived and, because, and, the, and the fame that he's gathered because he's Vash the Stampede, while as... In Roroni Kenshin, they do everything they possibly can to make Karu this giant pillar in Kenshin's life. Karu, if it wasn't for you, Kenshin would be crazy by now. And it's not true. The dude was a wanderer. He didn't have to stay at this house. He did because you welcomed him with open arms and he longs for companionship. But the constant need and strife that comes with Karu being around is fucking ridiculous. In the Kyoto arc, Kenshin goes to Kyoto in order to fight, um, not Sensui, um, Shishio? Yeah, to fight Shishio. And when he goes to Kyoto, this has nothing to do with Karu. This is Kenshin's past coming back to haunt him. He's essentially going to kill the guy that took his spot as an assassin during the Meiji Revolution. And while he's going to go fight this guy who wants to prove once and for all who was better, um, he has a grudge against Kenshin because of what happened to him after the revolution. Uh, Kenshin goes to Kyoto to fight him because he knows how serious this guy is. The dude, is, um, he kills an old friend of Kenshin. He threatens him. He tells him that he's going to come after him if he doesn't stop him. He plans to set fire to Kyoto and kill a bunch of people. A whole bunch of dumb shit. And then Kenshin goes and leaves to go to Kyoto to confront this man because he feels it is his responsibility to stop him because realistically, no one else can. Totally cool. There's a giant fucking elephant in the anime, which is Karu, who decides that because Kenshin went to Kyoto, she didn't want him to go to Kyoto, and she wanted to let him know that it's okay for him to go to Kyoto. But because she didn't tell it to him, she just starts wigging out. She's sad. She's like, Kenshin's not at home. She doesn't know what to fucking do. 
So then they go on a trip to Kyoto to tell Kitchen nothing. She meets him and she doesn't say anything. They basically have a long fucking conversation about nothing. And she just kind of lets him know that she's okay with his decision to do whatever the fuck he wants since he can because he's a damn man. It's stupid. It's really, really stupid. It's something that basically was unnecessary and they did it. It would have been much better for the Kyoto arc to transpire without the addition of Karu or any of the other companions that were in Kyoto. Because Kenshin met other people along the way to Kyoto as well as he got help from some of his enemies and he had to refight older enemies and stuff. And it would have been a much better story if that entire arc transpired and then Kenshin just returned home. If he just returned home, didn't tell them anything, they didn't learn what happened to him, they just accepted the fact that Kenshin had to go do something because he has his own fucking life and there's shit that he has done that we don't know about because we can't possibly know everything about somebody. It's okay for people to live a life before you. Like on Futurama when Fry told Bender, he's like, you know, people existed before you were born and he, they did. And it's just that type of mindset that they have with Karu. She has to be in every moment, in every incident, incident in Kenshin's life for no apparent reason other than to basically become bait for Kenshin. She is captured so many goddamn times, it's almost like she's Mokuba. <laughs> What's that? Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, that just came off the top of my head. But, <laughs> like, just... Damn, okay, we can kidnap a lot. <laughs> but essentially, it was just so ridiculous to have that in the anime to where it was something that just kept constantly happening. And they would basically shy away from the regular story just to see Karu progress meeting up with Kenshin, meeting people along the way who already met him and they know where he's going. And they're like, oh, you're Karu. Kenshin talked about you. And it's like unnecessary. It's unnecessary for him to have talked about her with other strangers who don't know her. That has nothing to do with anything. You're on a mission, dude. <laughs> like, you might have to kill a guy. But, and it's just, and then the simple fact that they basically have him have additional baggage of him thinking about how Karu is doing or he doesn't know what's happening with her or he feels kind of bad for just up and leaving. But dumb shit like that which weighs on his mind and apparently dulls his skills because he's not concentrating on the task at hand. The man has people after him that are capable and have killed a bunch of people. And it's just, it makes the story suffer so much because of that. Because Kabu has to be this meticulous individual that is constantly shoved in the Kenshin's life over and over and over again. Anime falters so badly. It is so awkward when they try to force Karu in the, in the anime because essentially Kenshin's down or sad after previously fighting someone, but then once he talks to Karu, then apparently his life is all better now. And it shouldn't work that way because it's not like it's something that he hasn't done before or hasn't dealt with before. And then he didn't kill anybody because, you know, he never does. He didn't kill anybody or break his credo or code. And it was like, yeah, he was almost pushed to the edge, but he pulled himself back. Because that's what he do, because he's never going to do it. And it's just this ridiculous trip 
that just happens over and over and over again when they keep just shoving this girl who is ignorant to damn near everything going on in the rest of the world for no reason other than the fact that she's just supposed to be the female protagonist. She's, she's supposed to be the girl that the main dude loves for some reason. But it's like constantly having him think about her, not necessarily showing them build a relationship or build a rapport or like have it to where it makes sense as to why he would love her or why she would or like um why yeah why he would love her because they give plenty of reasons why she would love him the man saves her ass so many goddamn times of course they every every princess falls in love with the prince and slays the dragon but you never look at the prince and goes you know the prince never goes what have you done for me lately bitch i was already a prince i got my own kingdom fuck i need you for i like killing dragons oh now, that should be a movie. <laughs> but that ridiculousness takes away so much from the Ronin Kitchen anime. And they have so many moments where it actually just seems like it's a great story with a main character progressing forward. And it only has to backtrack to this emotional sap that's forced into the story for no reason. Other than the fact that it's like the main, the creator just like, yeah, I want them to be together. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so unnecessary, so unnecessary, and it's just a huge anchor that weighs down Rony Kitchen as a story, because there's multiple moments where it's like, you know, if the dude just, if they just took her out of the story, the progression of what's going on would flow a hell of a lot smoother. Essentially, Rony Kitchen without Karu being forcibly pushed into the mix is like creamy peanut butter. But regular Roni Kitchen is like chunky peanut butter. Yes, some people like it, but they're all crazy. They're crazy people who don't understand that peanut butter is better, smooth and creamy. You weirdos. Crazy people. Chunky. I want some chunky monkey peanut butter. Chunky monkey peanut butter. Chunky monkey peanut butter. It's the best peanut butter with the chunky monkeys. <laughs> the fuck? And... Now, in, in, relate, in correlation to this, Trigun, with the insurance girls, um, Millie, the main uh, the main one who eventually, at the end, kind of likes Vash. She also is a, I guess you could, she's basically a lowly, um, she's, she's short, she's a grown woman, and I love the fact that they established that she is a grown woman, she's just short. And uh, so it really doesn't fit in the confines of her being like this cutesy little girl, lowly or whatever. She's just a short chick. So, she is incredibly annoying. She, but the thing is, is that Millie forcibly puts herself in situations to where she has to be near Vash. But that's who she is. It's not that the show writes itself to where it's like, Millie is now in this situation. No. Millie put herself in that situation because Millie's a bitch. So she does this shit. On Roni Kenton, there's multiple times where Carl just goes, Kenton's gone. Oh, I'm so sad, and everyone grabs her, and they go, come on, Carver, we gotta go find Kitchen. Oh, I guess I'm going along. <laughs> like, fuck, why? <laughs> and with Millie, it's like, I, like, Vash, I don't like you. <laughs> it's like, you cause problems. I hate you. <laughs> and she's just around, because she hates him. But she has to do her job, and she's really devoted to doing her job. And she understands the fact that being around this man comes with calamity. So she has to continue doing her job. And it works. It works because they're able to space out Millie. 
they do it fantastically. Yes, Millie's an annoying bitch that constantly shows up in Trigun, but she's not in all of Trigun. All of his terrible memories, all of the sad moments that he's had to face, Millie was not there for. She was not told about all of them. She was not present for every heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching moment in his life. She understands him and accepts him by the end of the series. And again, this is some shit they're able to do in a 26-episode anime that Veroni Kenshin, even through all of its hundreds of episodes, still doesn't get. What, he got 100, like 100 and something? I swear I got 100 and something. If not, 90. Think 90. I bet my bottom dollar. As soon as I get to the bottom, that dollar's gonna be bet. Bet. <laughs> but that's the major difference. Trigun is a far better, well-rounded story. Simply because of the fact that they actually have characters that are meaningful. The character's purpose makes sense. They're not around just for the namesake of being around because I don't know what to do with this vagina. No, no. Trigun actually has... It makes sense. The characters that are there that are annoying that are constantly showing up. They have a purpose. They have a reason. With all of the nagging that Millie and... Is it Tilly? I want to say Millie and Tilly. <laughs> um, I keep saying Millie. I'm thinking Millie is the main one. Damn! I haven't seen Trigun in a long time. I keep saying Millie. But the short girl that basically at the end of it likes Vash. Um, with her character as well as um, her companion, the very tall chick, um, one of the things is that it, because they keep shoehorning themselves into, um, into Vash's life, it becomes a misunderstanding that there are people who are incredibly important to him. While as it's always shown in Trigun, that he loves everybody. And there's multiple people who have been killed in front of him when he tried to stop him and shit like that. But because they keep shoehorning themselves in his life, eventually it gets to a point where there's a character who has mind control powers, uh, and then he takes over the lives of people in the town, and he forces them to beat and almost kill the girls. And the guy who has the mind control powers lets him know that in order to stop them from killing them, you have to kill me. I'm not going to stop them. They will kill them. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it hurts Bash so much because he has, there's no way for him to stop this. There's nobody that, there's nobody that can come to his rescue, come to his aid. And it's such a heart-wrenching moment when that happens. And basically, after that moment, the girls understand that this is the world that this man lives in. Like, there is some, there's some shit going on with him that's crazy. And yes, he saved our lives, but at the cost of something that was near and dear to his heart. Something that he can never get back. And it's our fault. And we can try to cheer him up, but we know, as, as much as we've been following him, that yeah, because of our interference in his life, we took away something from him that he can never get back. And, and that's a, a beautiful... Uh, a beautiful symmetry with the characters because immediately after that Vash comes to grip with what happens and then he has to go fight Niles and that's basically the end of Trigon it's, it's at the very end where all this shit happens and so by having that duality it makes the series a hell of a lot better because it puts you in it makes the, makes the characters relevance 
far, like, far more important and far, um, I was about to say far better, <laughs> but far more important in the grand scheme of the entire show. These characters, yes, they were around and they're constantly traveling and chasing the main character, but if they weren't, it wouldn't have led up to these situations and whatnot. It's circumstantial. It's not forced. It was actually a part of the story. It actually makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Once everything is explained, them being around makes even far more sense. They're not just there. They actually have meaning. The characters have meaning. They gave them depth, complexity. Well, not really, but they gave them meaning. <laughs> and again, that far um, shadows and dwarfs uh, what Roni Kitchen has when they just shoehorn in characters who basically get helped by Kenji or become these one-note jokes that um, essentially akin to just basically making it a typical shonen um, or whatever to where it's like, yeah, they're like, you get strong, I get strong. Kenji learned a super te secret technique. This person that's now one of his friends learned a secret technique. Um, this guy mixed in Kenshin's techniques with his other techniques and now he's fighting and we're seeing him fight and we're seeing her fight, we're seeing all of them fight and things like that. And it just, then it just becomes a typical show, you know, and it's like tournament battle style things and watch this character's fight with this character, watch this character's fight with this character. Now Kenshin's fight, oh, he almost snapped, he ain't gonna do nothing. And it's over with, okay, happy cakes for everybody. <laughs> Milkshakes all around. And that, that, that ultimately is just a giant, giant flaw that Veroni Kitchen has that Trigun does not suffer from. And again, the fact that this is a 26-24 episode anime, and Veroni Kitchen has had a long-standing anime with a bunch of episodes to convey the most simplistic of ideals or story and then they failed to do so, it's shameless. And it is because of that aspect is why I hold it in such less regards than Trigon, which is able to give an amazing story, an amazing character with fantastic depth, complexity, and then just deliver every episode with something new and improved and fantastic revolving around this one character. Regardless of the people that are involved in uh, the situations that he has going on, the characters are, they themselves, their own people. Their lives don't revolve around um, Bash. It's just that the circumstances of what they have going on involves Bash. Uh, the insurance salesman girls have to sell insurance because of Bash's stampede. The Bash that they meet isn't necessarily the original Bash who they thought he was. Everyone who uses his name and lies and says that they're Vash Stampede, they're quick to go to. They don't know that he's Vash, and when they finally do recognize that he's Vash, they have to follow him and do their job. But it's not like these characters are constantly in Vash's life forcibly because they want to stay around this dude. They didn't even know he was Vash in the first place. And then you've got someone like Wolfwood, who you find out basically throughout Trigun is a double agent. But the confines of the story allow the idea and the coincidence that he bumps into him far more compelling because you figure out that he's actually a double agent. So 
when it does introduce that, it makes his character a hell of a lot more interesting. And it's like this dude pops up every once in a while and now and again, and it always just seemed random and he just seemed like a good guy that can help out. And it's like, nope, he's been watching him, waiting for a good moment to take him out. And that's fantastic. <laughs> it's just fantastic. And then it's like, even though he was a double agent, trained to be a double agent, was supposed to kill him and everything like that, he's been going about doing things all this time, uh, getting to know Vash and understand that, you know, this is just a guy who wants to be happy. And I don't understand why we have to do so much to try and kill him. Like, what exactly is the threat here? Why, like, if, if we leave him alone, I swear he'll leave us alone. Like, that's, that's really it. And it's just... And it's all around a far more fantastic and compelling uh, series. It has a hell of a lot better presence and representation in their overall characters. Like I said, Karu was shoehorned into everything, and all the other companions that stick around are just there to add on as cannon fodder when they're fighting a mass of um, villains or enemies and whatnot, which happened multiple times throughout Veroni Kenshin. While as in Trigun, it's a linear story. There's multiple times where he fights people all on his own because the story revolves around him. It's all about him. Everything else is circumstantial because this happened, at least this happened, at least this happened. While as with Roni Kenshin, this happens because of him and everyone else just wants to be near him forever, always, nonstop, till they drop, make the bait rock. <laughs> And then I would uh, I would also state that uh, far more interesting villains in uh, Trigon, or essentially villain in Trigon, because the characters that pop up that Vash tackles and attacks throughout the series are they're they're you know they're interesting they're they're crazy quirky and whatnot. Hell, the fact that there's an entire town that uh, goes after him to try and collect the reward money on him, while at the same time. When he then saves them, they, the, the entire town just loves the guy. And then he actually helps them out multiple times and everyone in the town just thinks the, the, the world of the man. And then when he leaves, it's back to the same grind again. And it's like, yes, there's a town out there that appreciates him. And even though he's Vash the Stampede, they know that he's a great, okay guy. Again, much like Roni Kenshin, when everyone got to finally learn and know him and they just accepted who he was. When the town finally saw his skills on Trigun, they understood that, yes, this man was capable of killing damn near everyone in the town or escaping at any point in time, but he didn't. That's not who he is. And then he not only saves them and forgave them for trying to come after him, he understood the situation. You people were desperate for money. You needed it. You needed it in order to survive. Um, I understand. It's no good. It's all good, baby. And again, but the complexity behind that is that Vash deals with that on a daily basis. This is something where he has to continuously do over and over and over again. Veroni Kenshin, on the other hand, because he's in that stagnant place, when stuff does happen, again, it's just his fault for being there, and people then learning about him being in that location. He doesn't go anywhere. But he has this huge fucking mile-long list of enemies that could possibly come after him because he either refused to kill him or he killed someone else that they knew. And the shit like that is a rinse-repeat cycle, you know? So, it, it has that aspect to it. And then along with the villains and everything, like I was saying, I got off on a tangent. But, 
the villain aspect behind Trigun, far uh, dwarfs Roroni Kenshin. Roroni Kenshin has a typical shonen stature of villains, to where each at the end of an arc, this this complex villain is taken out of the picture, and then you move on. They either become a friend or they become a foe. You move on. It's on to the next villain. Is this villain more dangerous than the other one? Yes, they are. And now I have to do something else, Wiki, in order to beat them. Um, but it never, it never stops or has a has a moment of just deep thought with the villains because the villains have their own agenda. Kenshin stops it. The end. There's no long-standing repercussions because of interacting with these villains. The, the house, the dojo isn't burnt down, their lives aren't ruined, someone isn't killed. None of that happens. It's just Kenshin almost killed a guy. He didn't. The, the, the fight's over. That's, that's it. That's Roroni Kenshin in a nutshell. <laughs> now, now with Trigun, because of his 26 episode runtime, or 24, I keep, I'm not sure. It only is able to have one major villain, and that's Knives. And the beauty behind Knives is the fact that Knives has been someone pulling the strings behind the shit going on with Vash the Stampede since the beginning of you watching Trigon. The man has been engrossed in so much, it is disgusting. Now, Trigun does something crazy to where basically they sum up all of the incidents and the shit that happened to Vash's life outside of everyone else. Like, throughout all of the things that you know about him, everything that happened prior to the introduction of Vash from the first episode is then revealed in, like, a quick little uh, montage on, like, the last episode to where you got to see all the shit that Vash had to go through after the uh, his origin or how he met uh, Rem and everything. Uh, when you see that, you then now know all of the stuff that him and his brother went through, and the reason why his brother wasn't a major component in everything that was like wasn't around to stop Vash during all this trouble and all the times that he was there. You got to see all of that. You got to understand the uh, the town of July getting why the town of July got destroyed. You got to see the complexity and the depth behind Knives' psychosis with wanting to wipe out the humans, with wanting to just kill people because he believes that him and Vash are a higher race that don't need humans to survive. Uh, it, it had a sense of... It basically, that episode was a, like it was the last piece of Vash's origin. It was basically a piece of a puzzle that no one else knew about. And then in that one moment, everyone got to find out about what was going on with Vash. But again, this isn't something that's revealed to the insurance girls. It's not something he told the Wolfwood. It's not something that he expressed to any other character. This is just shit that Vash did that we didn't know about, and then it's finally revealed on like the last episode. And that's genius. But at the same time, this is also, it shows you the ruthlessness of Knives, the person that is Vash's brother, and the lengths that this man went to in order to just amass control and kill without reason, without cause or without reason. 
hell, there's multiple moments within um, Trigun where they tell you that an entire town was just wiped out. The people were gone. It seemed as if, you know, everyone just left. There's still, like, toys in the streets from the children. There's still, like, beer at the saloon, things like that. No one knows what happened, but in the center of the town, there's the word knives written in blood. And that just added so much ooh to what is going on. Who's knives? What does that mean? And then when it's all revealed, it just makes it that much more sinister as to who this person is to, uh, to Vash. The fact that Vash knows that the that the whole incidents that happen with these towns are messages to him to let him know that he's around, he's watching, he, he knows what he's doing and he's been planning and he got this whole thing, this whole shindig put together just for his brother <laughs> and, and it's beautiful, it really is, it's beautiful. But again, I, I don't know, well I, I would have to chalk up to what happened with Ronnie Kenshin just being with you know, the complexities of being a shonen. You need to keep up in the ante whenever you have a series like that. But at the same time, Trigun was able to just do it far better within a short amount of time of having a far better show and series and actual message with a character and uh, have a character stick to his guns and then as well as lead to the consequences of him not doing that, seeing the emotional fallout when he did finally break his one rule. It's like if you saw Batman kill somebody and then he just quit being Batman, you know? And it's like, you, you make a movie out of something like that. <laughs> it's not it's not something that you just see him go, oh, well, did that, on him still being Batman. No, 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 that's your one rule, guy. That's your one rule. Well, what's up with that? And it's, and it's for all of those reasons that I've stated as to why I firmly believe that Trigun is a vastly superior anime to Baroni Kenshin. It is a much better story that tells um, a character that has sworn to not kill, to use his amazing skills to uphold justice. It fits within the same confines to where it has overly embellished characters that they fight constantly or ridiculous um, situations to where this character has to just... Uh, go out of his way to save a multitude of people or a mass of people without getting any thanks or recognition for it or anything like that. Just so many similarities. But at the end of it all, Trigun is just so far superior in its execution of carrying out a story like this. And I guess the only, uh, like the egg on my face in this situation would have to be the fact that Rurouni Kenshin was an incredibly popular manga that stayed a popular manga for a long fucking time. Um, like, a really long fucking time. And it, it spawned on um, multiple episodes, has movies, has what, like three movies? Uh, I mean, Trust and Betrayal all day. That's the jam right there. Damn, I love Trust and Betrayal. Samurai X Trust and Betrayal is one of my favorite anime movies. Uh, I got the director's cut, but, you know, he, he, the man, like, he, he liked his still images of grass, but still, uh, Trust and Betrayal, that's, whoo, that's the shiznit. Baroni Kenshin, though, that, it, it had, you know, that's the positive aspect of it. I guess because it fit within the confines of shonens, 
um, during a time in which shit like that was so greatly wanted and needed that it was able to accumulate its grandiose fan base because it followed suit by doing those things that most shonens do. Have companions get um, have companions. Companions get stronger with character. Companions aren't as strong as the main character, but they can keep up. The main character constantly learns new techniques. The main character is known for having a hidden power or a hidden strength that they don't tend to use. But when they use it, oh, excitement. You know, like it, it had the room to do that. While Trigun, on the other hand, is just a story. And again, like I said, there must be egg on my face because let's not forget, Trigun bombed in Japan. Roni Kenshin went on to become insanely popular, but Trigun bombed. And it wasn't until America saw it, recognized it, loved it, that it became the powerhouse that it was. It finally got recognized for the great, the greatness that it is. So I, I give props to that. I'm thankful that that happened. You know that it got recognized for that, and it's just. It's something to think about, you know, in the grand scheme of anime that basically are so similar, it's just little differences to where you try your best to keep up with, uh, keep up with trends or to keep something interesting or to stick to your particular demographic or to just, just, just small shit like that, which can change something from being incredibly well done and amazing to an anime that has its moments, um, a bunch of fucking fillers, and ends on a sour note because basically the anime couldn't keep, um, the manga was surpassing the anime and the creators just was like, fuck it. And then in the end, like, that's how Ronin Kenshin ended, in a fucking manner. While in order to save face, they gave it the, um, the movies, you got his origin, trust and betrayal, and then, um, the ending, uh, was it Reflection? Reflection? Revelation? Something like that. I don't like that one as much. He had a disease. <laughs> it ain't no trust in betrayal. Because <laughs> of the disease. <laughs> Why did that make my boy sick? It was weird. Like, it was so weird. Uh, I did not like um, Reflection. Revelation. It's Reflection. Yeah, it was Reflection. Yeah, 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 Reflection. I did not like reflection, <laughs> but and then that—that's all it got in order to save grace with this story that was told that was insanely popular. But again, in the wake of everything of what it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to represent, I'm—I'm I'm just saying that Trigun did it better. Trigun did it a hell of a lot better, and people need to recognize it for that. And that's all I have to say on this subject. That's that's the end of this versus for me uh, between Trigun and Roroni Kenshin. If you feel that Roroni Kenshin is better than Trigun, uh, please re-listen to this because I just told you why it's not, damn it. But no, let me know why you feel it's vastly superior. I'm not going to, it's not, you know, there's, no, there's nothing you can tell me that will make it vastly superior. Wait, because... You know, Ryunamo, Ryu I don't know, Hidameki. No, nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Again, Trust and Betrayal is bomb as hell. Damn that thing bomb. <laughs> you slice that nigga in half in the sky. You make the you make the you make the rain bleed. Oh baby. 
marry that girl and stab her and stab her ass. Ah, like I said, I am a fan of Roroni Kenshin. I am a fan of Trigun. And I do like both uh, both titles. I'm actually a huge fan of both of them. But again, in the wake of everything, Trigun is just vastly superior. So, let me know what other verses you want me to do, or what input on the anime you would like to hear me say if you was able to last this long. Damn, this is a long-ass car ride. That's just... See, this is why I make these. I need something to do, because I'm just fucking going straight for hours. <laughs> just nothing. I'm just alone. I could be playing music right now, but, you know, I've, I've heard it already. <laughs> you didn't hear all the music, Daniel. It's impossible to hear all the music. Music is made every second of every day. I just... I, I listen to the ones I like. And that is not a lot of those. It really isn't. Well, my phone only got so much space. <laughs> just only enough for the music. Not, I can't too much. I got apps. I like playing games. <laughs> but yeah, let me know uh, what other anime you would like to get my uh, hear my input on, or if you want to hear another one of these versus things, hit me up at uh, heytheflame at gmail.com. Uh, aside from that, shameless plug, uh, that's all. I couldn't say folks because that's that's a Warner Brothers thing. You get you get sued for saying that. I know. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Someone said, that's all, folks. And then this pig with no pants showed up at his house. Choked him. He just, he just choked the guy. He was just saying, that's all, folks, because he, he ate his spaghetti. He, he finished it. And he just said, that's all, folks. And his pig popped up. Choked the shit out of him. I've been Daniel the Flame. This has been fun with Flame, as always, people. I hope you have fun.